Memphis, 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 Hi, this is Tom Izzo at Michigan State, and you're listening to Grizz 901. What up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. I'm your host, Daniel Greer, and today we're heading to the G League. It's another draft day, and you know he's with us. He's always going to be with us. Ryan is here to break down our guys, and if you heard these past podcasts, thank you. But if you haven't, go back and check them out. We're breaking down each individual player that we like for the Grizzlies, there's a huge and broad range just for the simple fact that the Grizzlies could draft at 22, 29. They could make a trade up way ahead of time before we even are able to drop these podcasts. Not not likely, right? But it could easily happen. So with that being said, we're having to give you guys that are mid rounders, as well as guys that are down into the late twenties because they have, you know, those late first round picks. And so uh, just kind of know that we are a little all over the board, but as we get closer to the draft, the Monday before the draft, we're going to have a full breakdown of who we actually like, any news and rumors that we're hearing. And so you'll get all of that from us. And then the next day, Tuesday night, the Tuesday before the draft, we're going to go live on Spotify Live. We're going to go with the Sleepers Media guys. I don't know if Ryan's joining me yet. Sometimes he can, sometimes he can't. But we're going to go live Tuesday before the draft, live on Spotify Live. That's weird that they went Spotify Live, but I guess we're going live. <laughs> live but, on Spotify Live. Yeah, yeah. but we'll, we'll be uh, making sure we're recording that, and we'll probably put it out uh, Wednesday morning, I would imagine, that you'll see that come through if you don't have a chance to come hear us. But without further ado, let's get into the G League, guys. We have three that we're looking at, and that's going to be Dyson Daniels, Marjan Bochamp, and Jaden Hardy. So I'm going to let you, Ryan, start with whoever you want. Because I know you have a favorite. So do you start with that guy <laughs> or do you not? So let's surprise me and everyone else. Who are we starting off with now? I'm going to save my favorite for last because there's no chance that the Grizzlies are getting him. But I still want to talk about him anyway since he is a G League guy. And I have to put my love for him out there to Grizz Nation. So let's start with... Uh, I want to describe someone, if I described a player on the Grizzlies this way, which player would you guess that it would be? Good defender, inconsistent catch and shoot player, a little bit of a loose handle, but a pretty good athlete who plays hard. Who would that describe on the Memphis Grizzlies? It's got to be Mr. Do Something. Who's that? (laughs) Mr. Do Something? Yeah, who's that? Are you serious? This this can't be real life. Yeah. Who is it? You don't know who Mr. Do Something is. I like no. I'm actually shocked. I don't keep up with nicknames. What do you mean you don't keep up with Nick? This guy literally played on the team and they call him Mr. Do Something like literally every game. Like Brevin Knight, Mr. Do Something. I don't pay attention to that. Oh I watch God. most games on mute. Wow. I don't know. I don't even know if I should tell you the name. Like it's DeAnthony <laughs> Melton. Like, are we serious right now? No, it's not DeAnthony Melton. The player I'm thinking of that describes is Dylan Brooks. 
Oh my God. And this is Marjan Bochamp. This wow. is your potential. This is your potential Dylan Brooks replacement if you're going to try to move on from him. Now, there's a little bit of difference between Bochamp and Dylan. Bochamp is actually a really good athlete, and he's fantastic in open court. And I think he has a higher IQ. So I think he actually fits in better with the Grizzlies because his calling card early. Now, obviously, you're going to take a big step back moving on from, you know, a four or five year vet and Dylan Brooks to play a rookie straight out of the G League. I mean, I'm not expecting him to play, but he is insurance in case, you know, a lot of Grizz Nation is interested in moving on from Dylan Brooks. I'm personally interested in Dylan Brooks. I think Dylan Brooks is a fine player, but. Uh, if we're going to go into the next level, it's going to have to be a little bit better version of Dylan Brooks. And Bochamp projects to be a potential version of that. He has potential better version than what Dylan Brooks does. Um, and other things that he likes to do, I mean, he's a high IQ active cutter. So he's a great fit around jaw. He's not just going to stand in the corner like Dylan was and just chuck up threes and then attack. Like he's going to actually move without the ball. But the big thing that hurts him so far is he's not a very consistent catch and shoot player. Um, and I, Dylan Brooks would, yeah, I would think you would describe Dylan Brooks that way, but he has the potential for that. His shot's not broken. Um, it looks fine, but measurable wise, he's very comparable to Dylan. He's six, five and a quarter without shoes. If you listen to the episodes in the past, you know, I like these certain key things. Almost a seven foot one wingspan, which is larger than Dylan Brooks. Um, average wingspan difference that most teams are looking for is plus four inches. His is almost what seven or eight. Uh, so he's a six and a half to seven inch larger wingspan than what people look for for the average, which probably kind of feeds into the idea that he's an inconsistent shooter. I think people with long arms just kind of are disadvantaged that way. They're probably not going to be great consistent shooters. I mean, it's probably why you can point out why Desmond Bain is such a good consistent shooter, shorter arms, right? Less going on in his motion. Steph Curry has short arms. Luke Kennard has short arms. All these people are at top of three-point percentage this past year. Go look at their arm length, and they usually have a diminutive wingspan compared to their height. Uh, there's some outliers, but I wouldn't say Marjan projects as a really good shooter in the future, but he is that kind of, I'm not going to say a Tony Allen-like guy, but he has the potential to be your Dylan defensive stopper replacement if you need it. I like it, man. Um, he, he definitely is a guy that um, he's athletic, right? So you're going to get that out of him. If he can find his three-point shot, that's really going to be – the biggest thing for him. If he can actually like just narrow that in and become a good three and D guy that's athletic outside who can get to the rim if he needs to, man, you're talking about a guy who could just overwhelmingly be much better uh, than a guy like Dylan Brooks. It's just, he's just not as good defensively probably as Dylan is, especially right now as being a more of a vet in the league. Uh, but I do like that. Um, I, yeah. I think that's really good. Yeah. Positionally. I mean, he can guard one through four probably. And, in a small ball scenario, like play in the Mavs, he could potentially probably guard all five positions. Um, I'm not saying he's going to guard Maxi Kleba or anything, but he has the positional switching that Dylan, that's what makes Dylan Brooks so vital for this team. He's one of maybe the only 
players, one at maybe two or three, maybe on the Grizzlies team that can realistically guard one through four, or at least hassle and stay sort of in front of. <laughs> right. And we just don't have a lot of multi-positional guys like that. So Bochamp would fit perfectly for that, for being a multi-positional forward, which is what they went last year with Zaire. Multi-positional forward can defend different positions. I mean, Zaire was guarding Steph during the Warriors series, and then sometimes he's on clay. And then sometimes, you know, he's on Otto Porter Jr. So that switchability and be able to go through multiple positions makes Bochamp a really good fit here if he's sitting there at 22. Yeah, I agree. And that's kind of the guy they're looking for, you know, a 6'6 guy who they can put alongside Ja and play with him, as well as covering him up for a lot of defensive liabilities that Ja does have. All right, so let's go to, I know who you're going to next, Jaden Hardy. Yes. Let's go ahead and go to him. He he lit it up uh, in some games in the G League, and he had a lot of people, you know, talking about him, but he also kind of fell off at times. So let's get into Jaden. Yes. Yeah, Jaden has had a really roller coaster last year, I would say. Um, I think I sent you a video of him last summer where he was shooting basically from half court during AAU games or whatever it was and just knocking down those threes. Uh, but he went to G League, started playing actual professionals and really, really struggled, really took him a long time to adjust. Um, and he did get better. I shouldn't say that he didn't improve or anything. He got better towards the end. But his kind of profile is that he's a physical score mentality combo guard. Um, and I know we don't love comparisons here, but thank Cam Thomas, the rookie last year for the Brooklyn Nets. Not a whole lot going on besides a guy that can just fill up the bucket. Um, so he is ball dominant. He is a ball stopper, which was kind of the hit on Cam Thomas coming into the draft last year. But he has just unlimited range. Jaden Hardy has unlimited range. But the ball stopping, the ball dominance, bad shot IQ, does that really work with the, this Memphis team? Um, where does he fit in? Because he's going to want the ball. He's going to want to prove something. Is he going to be able to accept a role? And he did get better as the G League went along. So maybe um, things kind of woke him up maybe to reality. But usually people who are like that, that doesn't really change. So do you want that kind of player on the Memphis Grizzlies, even though he is a young guy, has a high ceiling, and his potential as a go-to scorer is through the roof? Um, which is kind of a guy the Memphis Grizzlies need, right? Like the, that's the one thing that I would say the Grizzlies need to find is someone that they can give the ball to at the end of the shot clock that can at least create a shot that's somewhat decent. Um, now, I know Ja can create a shot. I get that. But I don't feel he, – he doesn't get a ton of separation on jump shots, and he's not looking for that. His separation late in shot clock is getting to the rim, trying to get fouled. So you kind of need a guy like a Paul George, right, that can just bail you out when you need it. Not saying Jaden Hardy projects as someone like that, but he projects as someone who's going to be kind of a fluid, um, you know, off-ball, one-on-one scorer who at least can get the shot up <laughs> instead of, you know, for – you know, Zaire, when he's got the ball late in the shot clock, he's, he, there's no chance. Like, there's no chance he's getting anything decent. Um, Hardy projects as a guy who could at least go one-on-one, -on -one, which is about the only reason 
that you would want him for the Grizzlies is the scoring potential and kind of the one-on-one bail you out, uh, get on fire kind of guy. Uh, but he skipped the combine. There's no measurables on him. I'm sure you can search stuff from last year. We, uh, obviously, it's probably going to be close, not super accurate, but no measurements, no times, didn't um, didn't scrimmage or anything, which is kind of odd for a guy trying to go in the first round or move up. Um, a lot of GMs and teams and scouts do not like that when you don't play in the scrimmage. Um, because they want to see you, right? So there is real potential that he could be here at 22. He could fall all the way to 29 if we're just going to take a flyer on someone the last the first round. But um, he's an interesting guy, which would make – I get why the Grizzlies would get him, just for the talent upside. Um, because last year I think most people thought he was a lottery pick. But the big question is – is what's going on in his head and is he going to kind of fit into the mold of the players that the Grizzlies like? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, so last year, uh, I want to say, or actually the last couple of years, I don't remember when they came out, but I think it was last year um, if I'm not um, mistaken, but uh, I always think of uh, a guy like Quentin Grimes and Cam Thomas. And that's what he reminded me like, because Quentin Grimes, you know, pretty much the same size, Cam Thomas was a little bit shorter, but these are guys who you wouldn't look at being, you know, great defensively, but they're, they're, you know, they're fine. They're good, but they can fill it up from anywhere. But the Grizzlies passed on both of those guys are a chance to, you know, maybe stay in the draft in that position where they could have probably drafted those guys uh, there. So I'm curious if that just lets us know a little bit of that's not the player they're going to go after because they could have got that last year a little bit. So I think right. this is a guy that they would pass on um, in particular because, yes, that is a guy that you may get at 29, and you're okay with that. Like if Quentin Grimes, Cam Thomas falls down to that point and they're there in the same position, they would take them, obviously. like that, That's understood. But I don't think this is a guy that they would easily never move up to get. But yeah. if he's there and everybody else off their board is gone and, they, and they've already went after a guy who – maybe as a more of a veteran guy, maybe a, his, you know, second, third guy, more of a proven talent. Then at 29, you do, you know, you do take a guy that has potential on the upside who can shoot from anywhere. Like you never can have enough shooting. So um, I like that. I like to break down on him. Uh, let's keep it moving. Uh, I know you don't like this guy at all. You've just, you know, <laughs> one of the worst players in the draft. All right, go ahead gush away if, if you know you might have to turn off that there's children around for how much gushing is about to happen <laughs> this section of the podcast come with a parental warning yeah this uh, is going to have the explicit <laughs> tag the dyson daniels episode yeah dyson daniels is uh, i thought at first i knew okay he was projected on everybody's boards and to go late end of the lottery. And after watching him a few times, watching film, I thought, dear God, there's no way. And we've gone through combine. He's gone through all the workouts and stuff. And now he's getting buzzed for being a top five pick. Um, and I had him on my board at four beforehand. On my big board, like whatever I sent it to you two weeks ago, something like that, before all this went down. 
and everyone was having him in the 12 to 15 range. And I thought that was insane after watching him uh, because my first, I guess, watching experience with him was the Rising Stars Challenge when, you know, rookies and sophomores or whatever it was and a couple G League guys got invited. He stood out. And I was just like, who is this kid? I was expecting nothing from him. I just knew he was a kid from Australia or New Zealand or something. And he absolutely belonged. And in a lot of those things, you just kind of see if people belong, right? Like Bochamp was in this. I think Hardy was in this. They looked a little shy, you know, which I would be nervous too. Nobody's going to pass you the ball. Dyson Daniels absolutely fit in, excelled, and was actually kind of key for that team. And I think they won the whole thing, right? I'm pretty sure he was part of Team Barry um, that won it. So he stood out to me then, and I was like, who is this kid? So I began to look him up, and he's not going to be here for the Grizzlies, but he was on our original list because I thought there was potential. If you're going to move up and cash in on a guy that's going to be sitting there at 12 to 14, this is your guy. Um, he's not a lightning quick player, but he's a high IQ, not old school, I would say point guard, but he can make every pass. He can shoot any shot. Um, his catch and shoot stuff was the thing that was the most inconsistent. It's got to improve, but he's been killing it lately in workouts. And I get his workouts. It's one thing to do it in a workout than in a game, but he looks to projected to be a really good shooter. Great defender. Um, Six six with the six six without shoes, six ten and a half wingspan, uh, as a point guard, quote unquote, a six six point guard without shoes. So he's going to be six seven, six seven and a half with shoes, and he can play. He would fit in perfectly alongside Jaw. Um, he could run your uh, backup minutes, and he would be over qualified for that position. This is guy is going to be a starter in the NBA a long time um, and should be one of the top three and not number three picks in this NBA draft. But if something were to happen and he were to fall, I would trade in whatever I've got to trade in to move up to 12 to 14 to get him if he's there because he would fit this team perfectly. He would raise the level of this team. He'd be another dynamic uh, creator with the ball and facilitator. He would be kind of a change of pace guy to Jaw, who's all downhill, all speed and force. He's kind of the herky-jerky stop-start motion guy and just gets to his spot. So he would be a great fit. He's not going to be here, but if somehow he felt this is the guy you're cashing it in on for getting a younger guy to kind of fill out your roster for the next four to six years. Yeah, the only knock I have on him is he does take a long time to load his shot. So that'll be something that'll change, especially at the older he gets, uh, the quicker he can kind of develop that quicker, you know, release. Uh, because a lot of times he is the slower guy. He he plays, a, you know, not as much like slow-mo, but he is that uh, kind of prodding player where he's, you know, making his moves, but he's not really just lightning quick. Uh, but he is the guy who, if he catches the ball, takes him a little bit longer to uh to load up on the shot but man it, it's pretty like it's it's it goes in which is the biggest thing so i like dyson yeah. Daniels a lot he would be a great fit on this team especially for a backup point guard for a year or two easily 
Um, and then at that point, like you got to find out, can he play, you know, off the ball with jaw and just kind of play on the ball sometimes with jaw that way you're going back and forth. Um, that would be, uh, that would be a pipe dream. I don't think he yeah. makes it out of the top 10 <laughs> in any way because he's got too much potential. He's, he's long enough. He's big enough. And so, um, it's hard to find somebody who can shoot well, guard well, uh, dribble the ball well, do all those things well. It's that's yes. hard to find in one player. And if you're yes. getting that in a guy uh, that you can get in the top 10, uh, you have to go, especially like six, seven, eight, a hundred percent. I would do that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, think of like Jalen Brunson to Luca. Like that's kind of what that one, two, what it would be for the Grizzlies. Jaw is the force downhill, all speed and power. And well, power for his size, obviously. And then Dyson Daniels is the herky jerky, do whatever it takes, you know, gets, you can't keep him out of the lane and can shoot. And then you have Desmond Bain beside all of that. It's one, it's one of the top young trios in the NBA and would be a fantastic team for a long time. And you've got Triple J right. playing the four or five. Right. I mean, come on. It, it's just, yeah. it doesn't get any more perfect than that. Now, of course, there's all sorts of things that could happen. Injuries, you never know. Um, but I, I just – I'm going to, I think one of the biggest things is, is the guy jump out on the page, moving up a level in competition and against rookies and sophomores in the NBA, he was schooling them. Um, so I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to lean on that and pray to God that there's a lot of idiots <laughs> that make him fall, even though I know he's probably going to go six or seven. Yeah, I think he definitely goes up there. Uh, but he can put the clamps on, and that's really what you have to have um, somebody alongside Ja, especially somebody with size. So it's, you get everything you'd want. All right, so let's go ahead and see the fit. We know where uh, Dyson Daniels is going to fall to, but let's go ahead and do it anyway. We're going to start <laughs> with Marjan Beauchamp. Give us uh, – how's the fit with him? Yeah, I think he's a seven for the fit because he is going to be his calling card probably is going to be the defense and the versatility, which is what the Grizzlies need. The problem is going to always be the shooting. And with that long wingspan, I think he can be okay, but I think he's going to struggle for a couple of years with consistency on that, but his physical profile and everything should get him on the court. Probably start as a backup guy. And then if you decide you like, we see what for him, you like what you see from him. And then midseason, you want to move on from Dylan or cash in, maybe, quote unquote, um, getting off Dylan. Then he he would fit that role okay. So he'd be an okay fit. Um, just not sure if he has all the other stuff that would make him a starter for the Grizzlies long term. Yeah. So he is one of the oldest uh, players there. He's going to be uh, 22 on October 12th. So he'll actually be an older player. Some people yeah. think that if you're going to the G League, like these guys are 18, 19, maybe 20 at the oldest. Like his first NBA game, whoever drafts him, his first NBA game, he will be 22 years old because they will play 100% after October the 12th in this upcoming season. So you're getting a guy who should be a, you know, at least a sophomore, not a junior uh, in college potentially. And so that's tough. Like I, I just think that, People will kind of pass on him because of his age, uh, but also, you know, kind of the limited uh, shooting. He can shoot. He just doesn't do it at a high clip. And so at that point, you know, especially on this level, 
uh, you kind of get passed on from uh, when you're not shooting at a high clip in the NBA. All right, let's go to uh, Jaden Hardy. Yeah, Jaden Hardy, I think, is a five. And it's just because of does he fit the – I'm not sure that he fits the mentality and the style that the Grizzlies are looking for. Now, when it, – it, it's tough because you do need a go-to score for this team. but Or a secondary go-to score, I should say. <clears throat> and can create, a show, create his own shot. When you do that, you do sacrifice a little bit of the team kind of team unity ball, right? Because typically a personality of a one-on-one type player is I'm getting mine, right? It's not a team thing. So when you take on a player like that, you are going to sacrifice a little bit of it. The thing is, I'm not sure if the Grizzlies are going to sacrifice that kind of team identity for a rookie. Um, It would make more sense if it was for a veteran, right? Someone that's been in the league for a while. Uh, But to do that with a rookie is probably a risk I don't see them taking. But if he's there at the end of the first round, it's hard not to take just the pure talent (laughs) from where he was projected to be potential top 10 pick before uh, he played in the G League this year. So I think somebody's going to take him in the teens just because they can't help themselves and they need the, you know, scoring. Um, but if he's there at 22 and 29 and all these other prospects that we like are off the table, you might just have to. But fit-wise, don't love it, but he does kind of give you something that you haven't really had in a secondary kind of like go-to creator. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think he's a guy who, you know, would fit on any NBA team. It's just it's not the perfect fit. Um, it's kind of like, you know, your grandma's pants. They fit, but they're not like a perfect fit. <laughs> All right, let's go to – I don't to... wear my grandma's pants, so I don't know. Well, you're not wearing them. Your grandma wears them. You're just seeing oh, that. Hey, I just they're... look at my grandma wearing her pants. That's yeah, they're good. elastic. Right, they don't – they're not fitted. What like... kind of waistband is that, grandma? Yeah, yeah, what you got on? Like, this is a, they fit, right? They're not like the best fit. All right, let's go to Dyson Daniels. <laughs> Uh, Dyson, I'm actually going to give an eight because I think he's probably too good. <laughs> like uh, he fits great with the Grizzlies, but I, I don't know if he'll, you know, if he would stay long term. Right. And it, it, getting Dyson kind of puts the Grizzlies at a decision if he's going to be that good about other guys like Bain and, you know, people like that. Um, so I really like the fit and I think he would be great. Like it's Shea Gilgis Alexander and Josh Giddy type fit, um, at a higher level, which I know some people listening to this will be like, Whoa, what did you just say? Um, but it would be a really fun team to watch if he was part of it. I'm not sure if it kind of cannibalizes the other guys, but I'm taking the best player. It just doesn't matter. So for that, he gets an eight. Wow. All right. So you gave Bochamp a seven. I'm going to give him a six because the shooting isn't there, but he fits well with the team uh, just due to his defensive ability, but also how long he, uh, he is and his athleticism. Uh, Jaden Hardy, you gave a five, two. I'm going to give him a six as well. He does. He, he fits kind of like Bochamp does, but he doesn't have the length as much as he does as Bochamp does, but he doesn't have, um, 
I guess the athlete, I guess he does have athleticism. He doesn't have the defensive, but he can shoot the lights out. You can't have enough shooting. So I'm going to still give him a six for their completely different reasons. I think they both fit in a different way. Yeah. Uh, they both can be really good NBA players. So I have to give them the same thing. Uh, but the last guy, Dyson, Daniels, I actually give him a nine. And I think you docked him down because of um, long term. But right now, fitting on this team, exactly what they need. The only reason I didn't give it a 10 is because what you have to give up to get him would actually hurt your team. Because you have to give up something to get him somehow. That means you got to move up in the top 10, top 12, depending on um, how crazy these people are. So uh, that's mine is a six, six, and a nine. And you had a seven, (laughs) five, and eight. So (laughs) um, did you give out any 10s yet? Yeah, you gave out Jalen Dern a 10. That's what it was. Jalen Dern's the only 10 and probably will be the only 10. (laughs) Nice. All right. Well, that's all we have. We're getting closer to the draft. Be nice and tell your friends.